You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and the interview subject I have coming up for you is Skylar Croom. Skylar is the singer, the vocalist, and the fella at the centre of a very underrated band from the United States of America, He's Legend. That's the name of the band, and the reason for the conversation is to promote their brand new album for 2017, called Few. Let's have a listen to what Skylar has to say. Here we go. I uh, want to welcome you to the Scars and Guitars podcast. Uh, the band's new album, titled Few, it's fantastic stuff. How does Thank the, you. How does the album differ, or does it differ, to previous He Is Legend albums? I think that's an answer you can, you can answer, right? Or a question for you. We don't necessarily know how to judge our sound too much. I mean, obviously, it's... It's a He Is Legend record, that's for sure. But, um, I mean, the the way it differs is that we, you know, we crowdfunded this record, so our fans kind of gave us the opportunity to make this happen. So I think I think that just made it more important to us at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know I'm, how it differs from other records. It's it's got different songs on it. But, uh, it, you know, we we take it all seriously, but this one just seems a little more important because the kids got involved and gave us the opportunity to make it because we, we had no record label at the moment. Yeah, fair enough. And, and look, to that point, um, I find it really hard to categorize or define you guys and the sound that the band brings to the market, actually. So there are a lot of different sounds in the band's music and, and something that I found very challenging was trying to describe the sound of you to somebody who hadn't actually heard the band before. So help me out here a little bit. How would you describe the band's sound? It's not metalcore. It's not necessarily straight up rock. I think you've got a very good blend of just about everything in the hard and heavy scale in 2017. Well, isn't that rock and roll in general, I think? I mean, I just, we like to just call it rock and roll like it is, you know, I mean, that's how we feel on stage, that's how we present ourselves, I guess. I don't think it's too much different than that, you know, I mean, back when it was all being defined, I think we, you know, we weren't around, but, but we grew up listening to shit like that, and, and uh, whether it's Nirvana, White Zombie, or, you know, Jimi Hendrix and the Stones, it's all, you know, it's, it's, it's just trying to push a limit to some one fashion or another. And for us, we, you know, we don't really set out to make any genre of music. We just know what we like and what we write together. So, um, fair enough. Yeah. When it comes to it, you know, when it comes down to it, it's, it's just, he is legend songs, you know? Yep. We don't. Yeah, we don't, we don't really have a definition, I guess I should say. So your guitarists in the band, um, Adam and Dennis, um, I really love what those guys do, actually. I'm a guitarist and bass player myself, and what those cool. two bring is a, is a pretty formidable combination, actually. So uh, It's not Denny, it's, it's French. It's Denny. Denny oh, sorry, you know. Denny. Gotcha. No worries, no worries. Um, how did you guys... You had to ask how you pronounce my name, so we got to get his right, too. <laughs> spot on. You're spot on, yes. How did you guys, as a band, approach writing the new album together? Uh, we uh, the format that we have 
for writing is is uh pretty much the same as the first album we we did you know um adam and i kind of bounce off of each other and like to like to make sure that things are you know a, you just a just a bit a bit of a you know we kind of do it behind closed doors for each other so we like to be surprised by what what we're both doing okay gotcha um, yep um at the end of the day, it, it all, you know, we know we make good music together, so we don't really question it. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a He Is Legend format for sure for writing. I don't think we set out to write something that sounds like one thing or another, but, but it, uh, you know, it always works out well. And, and uh, we, you know, we're, we're always happy with it. It's, 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 it's a good, uh, you know... It keeps us it keeps us grounded as far as when we get in the studio because it's 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 not a chore you know it's it, it's fun for us to be in there so um, but normally it's you know Adam Adam's worked out most of the song and it's said that that we don't hear until everything's kind of fashioned in the studio and then he kind of paints the doorway for me to you know create the story behind that um, but. Drums obviously help flesh that out, but we go into the studio with a skeleton. Um, what comes out of it afterwards, you know, obviously sounds a lot different than what we heard in the practice room, but that's the fun of it. You know, it's like Legos. Yeah, fair enough. And look, I, I am going to bestow a, a compliment to your good self, okay? So in my view, you are one of the most accomplished singers in heavy metal in 2017. You have, and you've alluded to this already, you have a great traditional rock vocal and you can certainly mix it up with a solid gravel-throated roar. So what do you think it would take for the band to reach a far bigger audience? Because to be quite frank, I think you deserve to. You tell me, man. I mean, I, we, we've been at this for a minute and, of course, we all feel like we the underappreciated appreciators of music, I guess, but... It doesn't get us down, you know. It's just a matter of like where it goes from there, you know. This this album obviously is doing killer things, so we can't really complain. But at the same time, you know, I think it I think it takes a lot. It takes a good team working behind you. It takes good fans throwing it out there as much as they can. Um, but you know we don't dwell on shit like that. We just go for it. You know, like we're on we're on the road touring, like ten kids, a hundred kids, a thousand kids. It doesn't matter. We don't change our show for anything. We just have a good time. You know, it's all about you know mixing it up and having people around that give a shit. And that's that's what it's always been for us. And we've been doing this for eleven plus years now. And you know, it, of course we've seen growth, but. I think with every record, there's a potential for it to explode or just fizzle out. The iron's always hot, you know, right when something comes out. So we're, in the, we're at the point now where we, we just sit back and watch. Obviously, we, we could, you know, we could be playing festivals and reaching bigger audiences, but that's not really up to us, is it? You're not wrong. Now, I think I can go partway to answering the question that you put back to me, though. So... You do have some FM radio and some mainstream influences or inspirations, I should say, and you covered Wounded by Third Eye Blind in 2006. So 
Have you ever felt tempted to ditch the heavier aspect of your music and release music that will be played on daytime FM radio? Well, like I said before, I mean, we don't go into it thinking about what we're writing. I mean, we write the music that we write because it comes out of us. It's not like, you know, it's like you peel a scab off and fucking it either bleeds or pusses, you know. It's not It's not like you can't control what's underneath that. We just, we just get into a, a groove and we write songs that we write. What comes out of what me and Adam do behind closed doors is is really just a matter of of us trusting each other wholeheartedly you know and and being you know we've been best friends since 2000 or like you know 99 you know 2000 something like that so writing music together since then it's been over over well over a decade that we've been doing this and our, our format's not broken we know that we we write good music together, so yeah, for sure. there's no real reason for us to to change that or or question that because to us it's the it's the the cult following that we've had since the beginning that we give a shit about it. That it has less to do with with like, of course we'd love to play you know these big huge mainstream rock festivals and 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 have songs on the radio. And I don't think that the last three albums have ever had songs on them that shouldn't be on the radio i mean i know that they you know we've definitely had radio rock songs on our last three albums that would have fit with daytime rock but there again that's not something that we chose to do or something we really had control over putting on on the radio so i mean obviously that's that's a that's a double-edged sword i mean you don't want to seem like you're writing pop songs for the sake of writing pop songs but we fucking love pop music so it's not like we're not you know if 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 a bieber song were to come out of a legend camp then we wouldn't we wouldn't <laughs> say we can't play that you know yes. yeah fair call and um just whilst i've been talking i've been thinking a little bit and has the opportunity ever been presented for you to tour with uh panic at the disco or a band like fallout boy no, I mean, we've never really had that opportunity. We don't really know. I mean, we know those dudes. We've played shows with those dudes before, but you got to understand for us, like, we're more of a, you know, we have more punk rock, like, you know, yeah, rock sure. and roll roots that, that aren't, it's not exactly like, not that we would turn our nose up at that, but we also, you know, we're just kind of a, we're a party band, so we're not. Yeah, we're not going to do something just because it looks good, you know, for the numbers. It's, it's For us, it's more about our fans, you know, and, and about, like, what we think we should do to better ourselves as musicians and, and going out with a band that we look up to and that we, you know, admire. We would rather, you know, we would rather play with the Deftones or, or you know, Marilyn Manson or, or Zombie or something like that, where it's, yep. you know, someone that we could be inspired by. I'm not saying that fallout boy or whatever wouldn't be somewhat inspiring it's just it's just not it, it's not what we're looking for i guess in that in that aspect i guess there are certain pop bands that we would love to tour with you know like highly suspect is they're, they're killing it right now that's they're doing cool things we played a show with them two years back at at a south by southwest in austin and you know it's things like that 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 
I think that's where it really makes a difference when you when it comes down to like you know just supporting a band that you don't really know or or have a relationship with. I I think that it you know is it worth it? I can't tell you because we haven't done those tours. So I know I know that we enjoy our uh, the friends that we do get to tour with that are that are bigger than us and do and do enjoy our band. You know it's uh, that's where we really enjoy ourselves. Okay, thanks for that. That's a good answer, actually. And the current state of the music industry is a topic that offers reams of copy and many memorable quotes from bands and artists. Believe me, I've spoken to a few at this point in time, and Few is an album uh, that was partly funded by a campaign on Indiegogo. So Fully. Fully. Funded. Fully. There you go. Fully funded. Congratulations on that, by the way. It just shows the dedication of your fans and audience. Um, Absolutely. Yes. What made you realize that crowdfunding was an option worth exploring? I don't think we knew that until it happened. I think uh, I think what, what what happened to us was we sat around and weighed out the options of whether or not it was a good idea. We studied each band that we could see had done it before. We watched, you know, watched their numbers take away looked at, you know, what they did that was cheeky, what they did that was, you know, interesting or not interesting, what seemed silly, what didn't. And then I guess just just decided that it was for us. I mean, I was the I was one of the ones that was just, you know, really weary about doing it because it can look really selfish, I guess, you know. But I think with with where we are and and what we had to do in sitting and watching and 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 looking at how other bands really took to it and who who did well who who didn't what what perks were cool what weren't I mean we we tried to take an approach where we were able to you know I guess the word would be showcase other artisans and people that yes. that uh that really, you know, that that had their own their own uh, their their own path, you know, whether it be making jewelry or making clothing or, you know, like making action figures or anything like that. It was a uh, it was a uh, it was kind of interesting for us to try. We wanted to push and and promote artists that were that were doing things that weren't musical, in order to to make this worthwhile. And, you know, rather than have a, you know, a, you know, hot dog party with, with a hundred fans. I mean, just something, those things seemed a little <laughs> yeah. like, did not, well, not, not interesting, but just, I, I, I didn't think it was, I don't think any of us really, when we were trying to figure out how to do this, it was mainly, here's the budget. Here's what we, here's what we made the last record for. So here's what we need to make the next record for at least match the last record. And then, you know, we, we took the money to pay for all of the things that we that we produced, all the perks, and pay the artisans that were working with us and for us. And um, it seemed like it, it ended up being a really good idea for us. And and I think a, a lot of bands that have cult followings and have had bands that, or fans that have been with them since day one, it's a perfect way to to fund your album, especially if you don't have a record label. Um, and we were at that point, you know, where we could, 
we, we had two options. We could either renegotiate a contract or prove it to ourselves that we, that we could really get, get through and, and make a, make an album with just the help of our fans. So it ended up being a really, a really interesting thing, a interesting process and a lot of good things came out of it. Um, I don't, I don't think we really could complain. I don't, I don't know if we would go that route again. I think it's a one-time thing, but yeah, I mean, we, we really, we really ended up getting very lucky in that. I think what you've done is given fans a chance and the audience an opportunity to feel invested in their, in your art because you do become very attached to bands. I know certainly how I felt about Faith No More in 1991. There's no doubt going to be a young fella or a young lass out there that feels the same way about right. his legend right now, and you're giving them an opportunity to, to, to buy into what you guys are doing. I know I certainly would have done that back in the day. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it, it, it really it gives uh, the fans a chance to be in from the ground up and really, you know, watch watch the whole process. I mean, some you know, obviously some fans didn't know how long it took to produce a rock album, you know? And I mean, we literally, we didn't start recording until after we, we knew that we had, had met our gold. So, um, it was, it was, it was great for us. I mean, you know, it was, it ended up just, just really, really making a lot of sense. And so at the end of the day, you know, we, we were so grateful and so humbled by the fact that our fans really, came came down to the wire and just like stuck their neck out and let us let us produce this album on our own which was you know it's a humbling thing man you you can't really you can't ask for anything better than that agreed agreed um so i've got a few more questions for you and then we'll wrap things up um tell me about the band's relationship with australian audiences over the years well we've only been twice but we've had a hell of a time uh, the first time we did headlining shows, um, and they were they were amazing. We were we were really overwhelmed. And uh, the last the last time we played the last Soundwave Festival, um, tons of tons of bands that we look up to and for sure, yeah, you know, more ways than one. Obviously, Faith No More, and you know, um, yet you know, we walked off stage every day and. You know, I would walk out and hear Black Hole Sun, you know, like, I mean, <laughs> just just an insane, an insane time and, and a surreal moment. And our, our, our love for Australia is deep, you know, we, we, we love every city there. We, we have such a great time when we're over. We obviously have not been back enough and hopefully we can come over to support this album because it's, it means a lot to us this album means a lot to us and, and Australia does as well. So hopefully we can, we can make some things work in the very near future. Excellent. Well, we love having you down here as well. So, uh, look, I've got one final question. Um, it is divided into three questions though. So I, I do ask this of all my interview subjects. So I'd really like it if you could humor me here, Skylar and play along. Your answers can be as not safe for work as you like. So here goes, choose three words to describe yourself. To describe myself, yes, um, malnourished, <laughs> newly tattooed, and um, energetic. All right. If you could go back to when you were eighteen and give yourself some advice, what do you think you'd say? <laughs> 
Get it in writing. Good advice for everybody right there. <laughs> and what five guests, living or dead, would you invite to dinner? Oh, man, this is the one. This is the pisser of a question. <laughs> five guests, living or dead. Okay, uh, my my mother I would invite. She's alive. Nice. I would I would have her to dinner. Um, I probably Kurt Cobain, just to you know have some interesting conversation. Sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Rasputin, maybe to you know get some get some answers. Yep. Alistair Crowley. Where am I at? I'm at four. You're at four. That's very interesting. Yep. Okay, and uh, let's go ahead and throw uh, Donald Trump in there. Just <laughs> bring that fucking idiot to the table and let's have a conversation. I might invite yeah, myself to that one. I want to hear what Kurt Cobain has to say to Donald Trump. Those, are, right. those are my guests I would invite to dinner. <laughs> and my mom. My mom my mom would have a lot to say to him as well, I'm sure. So yeah. I would probably just be a fly on the wall. It would be a good one. Mate, I'd like to attend that one as well as a fly on the wall. I might might add as well, but uh, well, yeah. Well, you can add yourself six guests. <laughs> I'll um, I'll serve. I'll be the waiter. There you go. You got it. Well, that brings us to the end of our chat. I really appreciate you taking the time out, especially so yeah, soon. Yeah, Andrew, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. It was a nice conversation. Likewise, mate. All right, catch you soon. Catch you down here. Yeah, yeah, make it happen. Let's get over there for sure, mate. All right, all the best. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that interview subject was Skylar Croom from The Outfit. He is legend. Thank you so much for listening.